Thank you for tuning in to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Luke chapter 4, verse 16 through 21. Luke 4, chapter, uh, Luke 4, verses 16 through 21. I'm starting a series today called Uncommon. Uncommon. And I, uh, last month, as I was in the middle of um, the 23rd Psalm um, series, I was looking ahead to what this month was going to be about. And I began to study, began to read, and I just, and as I was praying, I really heard the Lord speaking to me about being set apart in September. It's a set apart September. And before I knew it, I started looking around, and a lot of my pastoral friends, a lot of people I do ministry with, they began to use some of the same verbiage and words that was going through my mind and in my notes about September is a September of separation. It's a September of, of, of separating ourselves and preparing what God is trying to do in the church, making us uncommon. September is also on the Jewish calendar. It marks every year the Day of Atonement. It is the holiest day of the year on the Jewish calendar. It is the holiest day of the year on the Jewish calendar because it is when uh, all of the Jews across the nations, they will come together and they will begin, they will do a fast And during that fast, they will begin to ask for forgiveness for their sins. It is them separating themselves. It's them, as they're separating from the world, they're drawing closer to the Lord. So I don't think that this is uh, some nuance or this is is something just a coincidence uh, that's happening. But I really do believe that God is setting us up for a September to remember. And it's going to be a September of separating and preparing ourselves for what God wants to do in this month. And I'm going to be Begin today by reading in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, and it says, So he, talking about Jesus, came to Nazareth on this day where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. He, Jesus, was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. It said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has set me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it to the attendant, and he sat down, and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. It's so important. Now to understand that we in this day, in this moment, in this hour, that the church is under a microscope. If you if you watch, if you, if if you know anything about what's going on in the world today, you know that there is a lot of crazy things going on, and so many times the church is brought into this picture. So many times it's brought into the picture in a negative manner. But I want to tell you today that if the devil can't destroy it, he will contaminate it. If the devil can't destroy you, he will contaminate you. 
If the devil cannot destroy the church, he will do everything that he can to contaminate the church. And whenever he is contaminating you and the church, what he is actually doing is trying to make you look like everyone else. Can I get an amen? That is contamination. He is, he is trying to bring you into a place where you start to fit in and you don't stand out anymore. All of a sudden, your customs and your manners and everything that you do starts blending in with everyone else around you. And when people look at you, they can't even tell that you've got Jesus anymore. They don't know what style of life you are living because the words coming out of your mouth is not what you used to be. And if the devil cannot destroy it, he will do his best to contaminate it. Jesus in this passage of scripture makes it plain. Jesus is the anointed one. He came so that you could be anointed. That was one of the reasons that Jesus came to this earth so that not only he is the anointed one, but so he could spread the anointing to you. You can be anointed in this day. It's not just the guys or the ladies on stage, but you are anointed too. Amen? You have that ability today. God has not just anointed the people with a microphone. He's not just anointed the people on stages. He's not just anointed people that you see on cameras. But God's desire is for you also to be anointed. And some of the most powerful churches that I've ever witnessed or ever been in or ever heard about or watched, some of the most powerful churches in this world are churches that realize that not only is the pastor anointed, but you know what? I can be anointed too. They don't leave the anointing up to the pastor. They don't, they don't think the pastor is the only one who can operate in the spirit. But they understand that they too have the anointing upon their lives. And when we all understand this basic principle and concept of that we all can be anointed and separated, that is when the church becomes dangerous. That is when devils, the devil himself starts getting scared of the church whenever he realizes that the pastor is not the only one who can pray, that the pastor is not the only one who, who, who has power and anointing. But we all, God has created us all to have the power of the anointing upon our lives. Amen? He has created us all for that. And the church becomes a threat to Satan himself when she realizes that it's not just the folks on the stage that has to have the anointing, but we all must have the anointing in this day. Amen? Anointing. I'm going to talk about this more next week. I'm laying some groundwork. But anointing means divine empowerment and divine authorization. Whenever you hear someone is anointed, it means that they have been giving divine empowerment and divine authorization. If God has anointed you to do something, guess what? It means that he has given you that empowerment and he has given you the authorization that you need to complete the task that he has called you to do. In other words, God has put everything in you. He's put everything on you and around you that you need to complete the job that he's called you to do. When you feel overwhelmed, guess what? Look around because God has already put something in you, on you, and around you for you to complete that job. And often when, whenever we hear the word anointed, we think of spiritual things only. But guess what? God anoints us to do things every everyday task, not so spiritual task. God, God has anointed some of you to be married to that man because he knew nobody else could handle him. 
I should take up an offering right about there. God's anointed some of you to be the parent of that child because he knew somebody else would be in defects already. He's put it on you. It's a task that he has given you. And it don't seem very spiritual. But whenever that child or that marriage or that work, that position gets you to that place where you feel like you're about to break, guess what? God has anointed you for that moment. He has separated you for that moment. And when God gives you the distinction of an anointing, guess what? You are no longer ordinary, but you are extraordinary. When God starts to separate you, when God starts to give you anointing, no longer are you just an ordinary person, but all of a sudden you start to become uncommon. You no longer fit into the rule, but you are the exception to the rule. Amen. God, whenever, whenever God starts to make you uncommon and separate you in these days, God, you, you will notice even in the scripture when God started to separate his people, he started to use different verbiage and different words to describe the people that he was separating. Whenever he starts separating you, guess what? He starts using words like blessed to describe you. He starts calling you the head and not the tail. Amen. He will start saying you are above and you are not beneath it. He will start calling you redeemed. He'll start calling you beloved. He'll start calling you a disciple. Whenever he starts separating you. He'll start calling you delivered. He'll call you chosen. He'll call you restored. He'll call you justified. He'll look down and call you healed when the doctor says you are not. He will look down and call you anointed. When God starts to separate you, all of a sudden you start getting new labels. See, we don't like labels, but these labels from the Lord, they are good. They are so good because they take you out of the ordinary crowd and put you into a whole new category that it says, I am the Lord's and he is mine. Amen. He knows me by name. And I want you to really listen because in these days that we are living in, you need to stop trying to be common because God is trying to make you uncommon. Being common in middle school was cute. Being common was cool in high school. You wanted to dress like everyone, look like everyone. You all had your music on. I was at a wedding last night, and there were a lot of old tunes. I started to act worldly, but I stayed in my seat. I, it, was, it threw me back to when I was cool or when I thought I was cool. But being uncommon today, you, can, you need to understand this today. Being uncommon today gets you to higher places tomorrow. Being uncommon today will get you through doors that no man could close or open for you. Amen. Uncommon things happen when the common man decides to be different and decides to be set apart. I'll say that again. Uncommon things happen to the common man when the common man decides to be different and decides to be set apart. God never intended for you to look just like everyone else. He created everyone with different skin tones so that we could be different. He gave everyone their own unique mark on their fingerprints. Why? So no one is alike. He created you to be different. Do you know that a lot 
lot of people don't want to be the head. A lot of people don't want to be above and not beneath. Why? They don't want to be extraordinary. Why? Because they understand that the cost of these things in their eyes means to them they will be alone. Mm. The devil wants you to believe that it's lonely being set apart. He wants you to feel the peer pressure. But I want you to understand this today. That we are so relational needy. We will compromise our anointing just to fit in. Mm. We are so, we need people's words of encouragement so much. Even the most introverted person, there is something inside of them that needs a relationship. And so often we will compromise an anointing just so we can fit in. And the end product is that you are no longer extraordinary the way God created you to be, but you've become ordinary. God did not create us to blend in. God is calling to a nation today. I believe God is calling to the church in America today. I've not created you to blend in. I've not created you to vote like everyone. I've not created you to worship like everyone. I have created you to stand out in this hour, in this history of a nation. You are not common. You are uncommon. You are the exception to the rule. And as you watch the news and as you log on to your social media, you start to feel alone. Has anybody ever felt alone? You felt like you were the only one with common sense? Anybody? You felt like you were the only one with values? You felt like you were the only one with, with Christian values? values and with morals, whenever you get on and you watch everything that's happening around you, it's easy to say, I'm all alone. Am I the only one that gets it? But let me tell you something today. Don't lose heart because that is just God pulling you out of the crowd and separating you, not to tame the uncommon things. God does not want to tame those uncommon things in you like the world does, but he wants to cultivate the very things that makes you different inside of you because the the anointing don't come when you're in the crowd. Amen. No, the anointing comes when you are all by yourself somewhere. The anointing comes when you are all alone crying out to God. The anointing don't come whenever you are standing on a stage, but you gain anointing whenever you're tucked away in a cave somewhere all by yourself. He's trying to pull us, separating us. The anointing comes whenever you're tucked away in a cave somewhere and you're crying out to God. I mean, just look at David. He was a shepherd boy. Shepherd boys, guess what? They were common. Shepherds were everywhere. They were a dime a dozen at that time. They were common. God said, I'm going to make this common boy special. I'm going to turn him into a king. Kings are special. Everyone doesn't get to be a king. Usually that's something that you are born into. So he takes David out of the field. But guess what? He didn't take him out of the field and set him into the palace. God put him in a cave. Look it up. I love this story. 1 Samuel 22, I do believe. I love this story. God takes him out. 
And he is broken. He's mentally broken. He, he's trying to find his way. God is separating him. Your brokenness, listen, your brokenness, you, you may think you need a counselor in the middle of your brokenness. Guess what? That may be God just trying to remove you and take you to a new place. Your brokenness is God trying to get you somewhere new. And in the middle of David's brokenness, God has the audacity to take this future king that's already been anointed and put him in the middle of a cave on the side of a mountain all by himself. But guess what? It was the cave of Adullam. You need to look it up. It's a wonderful story. And when he got there, he realized that guess what? Hundreds of other men joined David. How crazy. These were not men that had great wealth, great knowledge. They had very little going for them. They weren't just any men, but the word says that they were pretty much broke, busted, and disgusted. They were in debt. They were mentally beaten down. They were tired of the systems. They were tired of government. They were tired of everything going on around them. And they were broke, busted, and disgusted. But guess what? They, they, they thought they were in the cave to die. They thought, we're going to die in this cave in misery with everybody else around me. Because how many of you know, misery loves company. And all of a sudden, they thought, we're just going to die here. But no, while they were there, God was pulled them apart to do something with them. And God had them in there to separate them and to cultivate something inside of them. And when God was finished, the word says that these broken men came out like a mighty army. To quote the word, it says that hundreds of men came marching out of that. They went in and they were in tears. Their clothes were tattered. Their brains were mentally broken. Their hearts were broken. Their wallets were broken. They walked in thought they were going to die there. But because they let God cultivate something inside of them when he was separating them, the word says they come marching out like a mighty army and they were called David's mighty men. Why? Because you don't get mighty on the stage. You get mighty when you are alone with the Lord. Have you ever watched somebody on television been in service with somebody who could preach the paint off the walls and you're like, man, I would give anything to preach like that. That person's probably been through something that you don't know anything about. They had to spend some time in a cave somewhere. That prayer warrior who could pray fire from heaven down, guess what? They were locked up somewhere by themselves for a long time before they got there because God had to put them alone in order for a cave in a cave to cultivate that warrior spirit inside of them. Let me share an observation with you. Ordinary people have ordinary battles. Some of you can identify with this. Ordinary people think ordinary battles are spiritual warfare. Ordinary battles. What are ordinary battles? You get stuck in traffic. It's an ordinary battle. You thought it was the devil. You had a rude customer. You had a rude cashier. Anybody ever had one of those? You had a waiter that just did not care if, if, your, if your glass was empty. 
ordinary battles. Some of you can identify with this. Every time you go to McDonald's, the ice cream machine is broken. It's not spiritual warfare. The devil didn't do it. The devil may work there, but the devil didn't do it. It's an ordinary battle. It's so ordinary. Those battles, those ordinary battles don't make you extraordinary. But extraordinary people are those people who are hanging on by a thread. God is pulling them away. God is separating them. They are going through something in their life. Extraordinary people are those people who are just hanging by a thread, but they do not give up. But in the middle of the mess, in the middle of the battle, they just continue to say, I know where my help comes from. It comes from the Lord. I'm not giving up. I'm not slowing down. Those are some extraordinary people. It's those people that nothing seems to go right in their life, but every time something shifts under their feet, it just pushes them deeper in with the Lord. It makes them dive in a little deeper. It makes them get on their knees a little more. That's some extraordinary people. All of that is often God just pulling people away because God will let you go through some deep things so that you'll get deeper with him. God will let you go through some deep things to separate you, to cultivate something inside of you. And it's often God giving extraordinary battles in exchange for extraordinary gifting. God will pull you out of the common to make you uncommon. And get this, being uncommon, extraordinary, Set apart doesn't mean that you are better than anyone else. It just means that you are different. The Bible calls it holy. Mm. A word we don't like to preach about anymore. We can't preach about holiness in the church anymore because we'll make somebody offended. I need somebody to help me out right here before I offend somebody. We can't preach about holiness anymore. We can't preach about the way you dress, the way you look, who you marry. We can't preach about any of that anymore. Mm. Because we're trying to tiptoe. And before we know it, the church has become common. Mm. And before we know it, the pulpit has become common. Mm. And before we know it, we are simply entertaining the common. When God is trying to get us to an uncommon place. Can I get an amen today? It's called holy. We often think that holy means those that get everything right. No. Holy simply means separate. Separate. The angels right now. I don't know what's been up with me talking about angels, but this is my third week talking about angels. Something must be happening. Angels right now, they are in heaven and they are singing holy, holy, holy. What they are doing is they are announcing to the universe, he is separate. He is distinct. There's nobody like him. I've never seen anybody like him. Have you ever seen anybody at just the mention of his name? Demons are trembling. He's holy. He's separate. He's distinct. He's uncommon. 
He's holy. They are crying out, holy, holy, holy. They are singing that out. God called you to be holy. He said, be holy, for I am holy. Be like me. Be different. Separate yourself. Well, does that mean I can't talk to the sinner? I love it when people bring this up. Does that mean I can't go to the bar anymore? Oh, Lord. How am I supposed to get people saved if I never talk to the sinner? Don't raise your hand, but how many, of you, how many of you have ever been there in your mind? You're trying to wrestle with it. You're trying to wrestle with being uncommon and common. Well, God, what do I do? God, I mean, if I'm if I supposed to go to the highways and hedges, to me, that's a bar. To me, that's over here. To me, that's the nightclub. To me, that's all of these things. To me, that, that means all of these things. Can I not go over here anymore? Can I not talk? Can I not talk to the sinner anymore? God, what does that mean? I know Jesus. Look at Jesus. He talked to the sinner. He talked to that woman at the well. You know, she'd been with how many men? I mean, I, I can't even talk to somebody. Jesus talked talked to the sinner, talked to the woman at the well. He even stopped by the leper. Nobody's supposed to even be around them. Yes, you need to understand that, 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 that you need to understand that he talked to the sinner, but he did not sin with the sinner. He talked to them, but he did not sin with them. Can I get an amen today? That was pretty good today. He can talk to them, but you can't be like them. You can be in the, you don't need to be, you can be in it, but you can't be of this world. You can be walking in this world, but this world is not going to make an impact on me. I want to make an impact on this world. And God is calling us to separate ourselves. Not to be better. Just so you can be a light. He is calling us that. Those that are separate, extraordinary, guess what? You belong to heaven. The place I talked about last week. It's not that you are better than. You are just distinct from. And get this, people, when they look at you, they will not know you. You need to understand this. This right here is so key. When people on the outside look at you, when people look at a church, when people look at you as a Christian, as an individual, guess what? They will not know that you are set apart from the experience that you were going through. But they will know that you are uncommon by the way you come out of the experience that you're going through. Mm. Yeah. Because we all go through some mess. But it's the way you come walking out of that thing mm. will determine, are you set apart? I mean, just look at the three Hebrew boys. King Nebuchadnezzar. Build an image of gold. He said throughout the nation, he said, whenever you hear the music, everybody must bow. Whenever you hear the music, get on your knees and worship this image. Everybody must do it. And if somebody does not do it, I'm throwing them into the furnace a fire. They will burn to death. The enemy, the king, was doing nothing more. The person who was in charge was doing nothing more than trying to get everyone to be common and worship a false god. And if you 
have any knowledge whatsoever of the world that we are living in, you will see that there are groups of people in this nation who are trying to get everyone to bow down to things that are not real. They are trying to even get the church to stop worshiping. Mm. And if you don't, we'll shut you down. There is a pastor in California this week being charged $50,000 because his doors are open. It's a King Nebuchadnezzar. Call it what you want to. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm just a Christian today. Here we are in this moment. He says, if you don't bow, if you don't, if you, if you don't, if you don't go back to common, if you, if you remain uncommon, this is what, but, but if you don't go back to common, guess what's going to happen? You're going to die. Well, the word got back to the king that there were three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I don't know what their mamas were thinking, naming them. They would not worship. They would not bow down. So the king said, bring them to me. He brings them into his courts. And what happens? He says, look, I'm going to give you one more time. And whenever the, whenever the music starts playing, guess what? You better get on your knees and you better bow. And guess what? Remember what I said earlier. It's not about what you're going through. It's how you come out of that thing. And they looked at the king and said, I'm sorry, king, but we will never, ever bow. You can tell me to do what you want to. You can find me. You can make me wear a mask. I'll social distance. But guess what? I will never stop worshiping my Lord. You can't make me worship a false God. I'm going to worship. I will never bow down. And guess what? They went on. They went on and said, guess what? They went on and said, even if he doesn't deliver us, I know my God can deliver me. But even if my God does not deliver me, I will never bow down to a false God. Why? Because I'm coming out of this thing different. That is the attitude that the church in America needs right now. God is separating us and the church needs to stand up and say, I don't, I know my God can deliver me, but even if he don't, we will worship. Even if he don't, I will still be in the word. I will not bow to false gods. No, God is calling us to separate in this hour. Ah, will never worship anything else. Even if he don't, I'll keep serving him. Even if he doesn't, even if this thing don't end, I'll still go to church. Even if this thing don't end, I'll still tell my kids about the loving Savior, Jesus Christ. Even if we don't, God is separating us. But remember, it's not about what you go through. It's how you come out that tells are you set apart the king had those three boys thrown into that fire they're dead and the king I don't know what the king was doing he may went and vaped a little bit I don't know he was probably cool like that he looked he looked in the center of that furnace I'll be. There's one. 
There's two. There's three. Who? I put three in there. Now there's, it looks like, the word says, it looks like the Son of God standing there in the middle. How could it be? This is the Old Testament. Jesus was not even on the scene yet. Jesus didn't come till the New Testament, y'all. And this king in the Old Testament looks and says, it looks like Jesus. It looks like the Son. How could this be? We're in the Old Testament. The New Testament has not even been thought of yet by man. Let me tell you what it is. Because whenever you are going through something with the Lord, and whenever He is separating you, it's because Jesus is already on the scene before you even know that He is there. Whenever you allow Him to separate you, He will be there before you even know it. And the common thing is that you are thrown into the furnace. The common thing is you are thrown into the furnace. The common thing is whenever you are thrown into the furnace, you will incinerate. You will burn up. But the Bible says, remember it, it's how you come out. The Bible says that they came walking out of that furnace and not a hair on their head had been singed. And the word says that they did not even smell like smoke. And all of a sudden you've got to realize this. When God sets you apart, when you separate yourself, it's not that you don't go through some fiery furnaces in life like everyone else. But whenever you are separated by the anointing and by the Lord, when it's all over, it may have destroyed everyone else, but not a hair on your head will be touched. And whenever you come out, you will not even smell like that stuff you just walked through. Can somebody praise the Lord with me today? It will not even look like it touched you. And whenever you come out, you won't even smell like that. You will not even smell like that hospital bed that you've been laying in six months because God can heal you. You will not even smell like that nasty divorce. You will not even smell like the bar you crawled yourself out of. You will not even smell like the bridge that you used to live under. When God separates you, you may go through some stuff, but you won't look and smell like everybody else that died in the middle of it. Get upon your feet with me today. Can you just say, I'm coming out? Say, I'm coming out. The church needs to come out. The church needs to come out of your closet. Come out of your closet, church. I'm not talking about a prayer closet. I'm talking about your ego closet. I'm talking about your personal closet where you have closed yourself up in that place so long and you feel like nothing can happen. You need to come out. Now is the time. Come out from among them, the Word says. Separate yourself. How can you walk in a fire and not be burned? How can you be in a furnace and not even smell like smoke? Because you walked in holy and you're going to walk out holy. How? Because in the middle of the fire, you didn't lose your faith. You did not become common, but no, in the middle of it all, you did not go back to your old lifestyle. In the middle of it all, you did not lose your faith. No, but in the middle, the only thing that you got caught up with was Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. For more information, visit LegacyChurchRome.org.